Hello, Graceway. This is David Chow. I am part of the Mark Bible Study teaching team. It is Friday, October 11th, and today's podcast is entitled Leftovers and Feeding the 4,000. We are looking at Mark 8, 1 through 9. Let's jump into things. I will be reading from the ESV. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. This is the word of the Lord. Let's recall the story of the Syrophoenician woman, which immediately precedes the feeding of the 4,000. The Syrophoenician woman is a Gentile and approaches Jesus to cast out a demon from her daughter. Jesus initially refuses, but is persuaded by the Gentile woman's exercise of faith. Jesus blesses her faith, Gentile faith. The Gentile context of the story of the Syrophoenician woman is important for understanding the feeding of the 4,000. This is not the first time Mark tells a story about Jesus feeding a large crowd. Jesus feeds 5,000 in Mark 6, 30-44. So it raises this question, why does Mark have two feeding stories? The feeding of 5,000 in Mark 6, and the feeding of 4,000 in Mark 8. In the first feeding story, the feeding represents God's provision for the Jews. The location of the feeding in Mark 6 was on the West Bank, which was Jewish territory. There were five loaves and two fishes. Those five loaves represent the five books of the law, the Pentateuch. There were 12 baskets of leftovers, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Moreover, Jesus laments that the people are sheep without a shepherd, regretting the lack of the sort of great leader Israel used to have. There are several indicators pointing to the contrast between the Jewish feeding story in Mark 6 and the Gentile feeding story in Mark 8. Now in Mark 8, the feeding of the 4,000 takes place on the eastern bank in Gentile territory. 4,000 people are fed. Four represents the four corners of the world, or the four directions, which was a common symbol for the world, all those who are not Jews. The crowd is fed with seven loaves, and there are seven baskets of leftovers. God gives Noah seven laws, which presumably apply to the whole world, that is, Noah's descendants in contrast to the five books of the Jewish law. The big theme of this story is that Jesus came to feed the Gentiles as well as the Jews. 
what Jesus gives is, is available to the entire world. The feeding of the 4,000 not only points back to the feeding of the 5,000, but it also points forward to the great meal at the end of Mark, the Last Supper. In the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus takes the loaves, blesses them, breaks them, and gives them to his disciples. Jesus foreshadows here the Last Supper. Mark's original audience would have recognized the pattern of this most central of Christian rituals. Just as Jesus fed both Jews and Gentiles in the lands around Galilee, so he still feeds Christian people today through the Lord's Supper. The kingdom of God is inclusive of the world. Jesus does not only heal Jews, but he also heals Gentiles, like the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Jesus not only feeds the Jews, but he also feeds the Gentiles. In both feeding stories, all the people ate and were satisfied. Moreover, in both cases, there were plenty of leftovers. Isn't it great to have leftovers? It's a sign of abundance. We recently had a special event with the Asian Association at Princeton Theological Seminary. Kat Ryu helped me to order some delicious Korean food from a caterer. We had 25 students RSVP for the event. The day of the event, some students wanted to come even though they did not RSVP. I said, no problem, they should come anyways. I knew we would have enough food to go around. At the end of the event, many students took home lots of leftovers to enjoy later. When you know there's enough food to go around, it is so much easier to be inclusive, generous, and hospitable. Leftovers. Leftovers are a sign of the abundance of God's kingdom. The kingdom of God has food for everyone. There is enough food to go around. We don't need to hoard the food. In fact, there is so much food, there are leftovers. I think generosity and hospitality towards strangers is a lot easier when one has an attitude of abundance rather than of scarcity. If we think God's goodness is limited to only our kind of people, we are less likely to be inclusive, generous, and hospitable to others. We are more inclined to hoard God to ourselves. But if we know we will never run out of God's love and God's grace and God's provision in our lives, if we truly believe that God's riches will never run out, we can love our neighbors with abandon and without fearing we will run out. What are some practical ways you can put into practice this knowledge you have of the abundance of God's kingdom? In what ways do you live with the mentality of scarcity regarding God's love and grace? I will have to end it there. Until our next podcast, this is David Chow signing off.